This is a diet of Brussels. Is the UK bound by uh, EU law and legal structures? I ask this question because uh, this week we've seen a number of uh, decisions uh, by the European Court of Justice which uh, have assorted impacts in terms of uh, votes for prisoners, uh, access to welfare uh, by migrants, which are of interest to the referendum campaign. It's maybe useful to to think here, first of all, about the difference between different European courts. And there's a a very strong, uh, not strong, a high level of confusion Uh, amongst politicians, let alone amongst the public, about who does what. In essence, there are are two key courts. There's the European Court of Justice, which is the EU's court. This is based in Luxembourg. Under the treaties, member states uh, have given the court the power to interpret the provisions of the treaty uh, and of the uh, legislation that it produces. So the court is uh, a supreme court in the field of EU law. So it doesn't uh, and isn't competent to deal with any aspect of uh, legal uh, provisions or queries, only those aspects which relate to the treaties and their legal production. So in many Uh, respects, it acts as a supplement to national legal systems. It provides definitive advice and guidance on the meaning of particular provisions. Alongside that, but institutionally very separately, you have the European Court of Human Rights, which is based in Strasbourg. Now, this is part of the Council of Europe, and it, it administers the European Convention on Human Rights. Now, Uh, Again, here it is the definitive court on those provisions um, and is uh, competent to uh, provide uh, decisions, uh, definitive decisions in those areas. Now, like the the European Court of Justice, the EU's court, uh, the ECHR tries to keep uh, respect of national constitutional principles. And I think that's true for both courts, that they acknowledge that their remit is limited, uh, that there are differences in legal systems, legal architectures between member states. And their aim is not to create a unified legal system, but rather one in which there is a uniform interpretation and application of the relevant provisions of the documents that they administer. Historically, uh, there's not been much of an issue about overlap between the two courts. The the, uh, ECHR, which was established first, has uh, maintained its predominant and preeminent role in human rights, uh, which for a long time wasn't an issue at all for the uh, European Court of Justice. However, as the EU has developed, uh, it has developed more of competence, not least with the Charter on Fundamental Rights that uh, was attached to the Lisbon Treaty in 2007. But even then, uh, the Luxembourg Court has been careful not to uh, infringe on the ECHR. Now, uh, all of this matters because uh, often when we hear about the court, 
it's not clear which court we're talking about or hearing about, and it's always useful to think about the difference between the two. But in both cases, uh, the guidance that is provided is supposed to be uh, applied by the national administrations and the national courts. Now, in the case of uh, votes for prisoners, what's interesting now this week is that the uh, Luxembourg court, the EU's court, is deciding that it is competent to pronounce on this issue, which pre- previously has only been a matter for the Strasbourg court. And so we might potentially see uh, a conflict in terms of what there is uh, going to be done by the British government, who have been very clear about not wanting to give uh, prisoners a vote. So the preliminary advice that's been given uh, by uh, the Luxembourg court's uh, uh decision uh, really is is potentially opens up a way uh, to, to solve the problem to everyone's satisfaction. But it's clear that this is something which is going to carry on and on.